Before we get to the show, if you want to listen ad-free, go to gzmshows.com slash subscribers. That's gzmshows.com slash subscribers. Hi, I'm Jonathan Messenger, and welcome to The Alien Adventures of Finn Caspian. I'm here with my good friend and art connoisseur, Bebop Robomogo Wanatron. That's me. And you wanted to be here today, Bebop, because we're going to unveil the name of the robot dog in our story, right? That's right, Jonathan. Last year, the listeners gave me all three of my names, so I thought it would be exciting to help announce the winner of the robot dog name. Okay, great. Can you give me a drum roll, please, Bebop? Drum, 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 drum. Drum 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 drum. That's not. Drum 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 drum. Okay, no, you know what? It's fine. In third place for the name that dog contest, it's a two-way tie between Sparky, which was suggested by ten-year-old Michaela from Austin, Texas, and Bebop Junior. Wait, I thought I took Bebop Junior off the list. I snuck it back in. Of course you did. Well. I hope you're not too upset about it coming in third. No way, that's awesome. Okay, in second place, it's a three-way tie between Robo Peeps, suggested by brother-sister duo of Edie and Calvin from Bethlehem, Pennsylvania, Super Dogginess Malogginess, suggested by Valentino from Redwood Shores, California, and Fluffy Butt 9000 from Noah and Patrick in Park Ridge, Illinois. Those were all great names, but I have to admit... I'm really glad I'm not going to have to say Fluffy Butt every week. What? I kind of like it. Maybe I should start calling you Fluffy Butt. Fluffy Butt. Okay, no. Do not start in on that. Okay, Bebop, let me hear that drum roll again. Drum, 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 drum. Drum, 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 drum. Drum, 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 drum. Okay. The number one answer and new name for our dog bot was... Robo Cloco. Robo Cloco. That name came from Leaf from San Diego, California, who I believe is also the young sound artist behind. Dagoguti. So Leaf is really on a roll here. Robo Cloco won with 22 votes. I should say that if I didn't read off the name you submitted, do not despair. It was a very tight, tight, tight race, even after the top three. So many names got a lot of votes. We had over 200 votes come in. So thanks so much for sending in your ideas and voting. And I will definitely keep some of those suggestions for later and may be able to use them in the show, if not now, in future seasons. Okay, if you remember what happened in the last episode, the Explorer's Troop 301 found the amulet they were looking for, only to discover it had been shattered with another piece probably on some other planet. They sent Voltronics back to King Huxley's planet, to let him know they were still working on it. And so today, instead of following the explorers, we're going to check in on our young honorary sergeant in episode six, Nobody Puts Pagey in the Corner. Trumpet Guy! King Huxley! Trumpet Guy! King Huxley! Paige paced in the small stone room where she was being kept. As prison cells go, it wasn't so bad. 
Her bed was soft, and a fireplace kept the room warm. There was a small bookshelf that contained about a dozen books to read, though she quickly discovered that they were all just biographies of King's past. She banged on her cell door again. Trumpet guy? King Huxley? One of the castle guards, those big yeti-looking creatures, growled outside the door. Not a moment had passed that a guard wasn't posted outside her room. Though they never did anything but growl at her, she banged on her cell door again. Trumpet guy! The sound of the trumpet cut her off. She heard a key enter the lock on her door and it swung open. The small, funny-looking alien walked in. Yes, Sergeant Caspian? I'm hungry, said Paige. And thirsty. And bored. And I would like a few pillows to put on the floor so I can sit by the fire when it gets cold. The trumpet alien sighed. <sighs> My dear Sergeant Caspian, do you realize that you are being held captive? You are not in the guest suite. You are in a prison cell. Do you know what it means to be a prisoner? The king said I shouldn't think of myself as a prisoner, said Paige. The king said I should think of myself as a visitor to his planet whose ship needs repairs. The king said that I... Yes, yes. I know what the king said. You tell me every time I come down here. Okay, I'll send some food down, and I'll see what I can do about pillows for Her Highness. The door opened, and the trumpet alien closed it behind him. The guard outside gave a little growl. And could you at least give your guards a bath, called Paige. It's no fun having to smell those big hairy monsters all day long. After Paige had eaten her meal and placed the pillows on the stone floor, she kindled a flame in the fireplace and laid down in front of it. She stared up at the high ceiling, down here. When she'd been carried off, the guard had brought her up and down so many flights of stairs and through so many tunnels and hallways that she had no sense of where she was in the castle, up in a windowless spire or down in a windowless dungeon. But the trumpet alien had said every time he comes down here. So now she knew where she was if she was going to escape. If she could keep that trumpet guy talking, she might even be able to find out more information. Excuse me? Paige sat up, surprised. What? What? Who? Who's there? Out here. Paige heard a voice on the other side of the door. It sounded like... It's the guard. I would open the door, but they don't give us keys. Um, that's okay, said Paige. You're fine right where you are. What, what do you want? Do you really think I smell bad? I... Uh, no, I... I'm sorry, said Paige. 
I didn't know you could understand what I was saying. You guys all just grunt all the time. That's what the king wants us to do. To act all tough and intimidating. Normally, it's kind of fun. But nowadays, we don't get any breaks to do anything but eat or sleep. We never get to relax or never mind bathe. I guess I just didn't realize that we had started to stink. Paige put her hand on the door. She could hear the giant guard breathing heavily on the other side. Can't you take a shower or a bath in your room? The king doesn't allow us to live in the main castle here. We all stay in the guard quarters, out back, with no running water. Well, that doesn't seem fair, said Paige. No one lives in the castle now, except the king and his little servants. So many empty rooms, but we're not good enough to live here, I guess. Paige went back into her bathroom and grabbed a comb off the shelf. She ran it under some water from the sink and returned to the guard. You know, your fur is all matted, she said. She slipped the comb under the door. Here, if the king won't let you take a bath, at least maybe you could comb out the knots. Thank you, little loud one. You are very kind. No problem, said Paige. So, any chance you want to let me out of here, then? Back to the growling, she said, and she sat down on the pillow in front of the fire and refused to cry. The fire in the fireplace went out, and Paige woke up, having fallen asleep in front of it. It was now cold in her room, and she went to the door to call for something to restart the fire. But before she could yell, she could hear the guard snoring. No one's going to help you but yourself, said Paige. She went right back into her room and put her hand over the burned wood in the fireplace. It was cool to the touch. She ducked into the fireplace and looked up, but it was just darkness as far as she could see. The guard had said the castle was full of empty rooms. The trumpet alien had said she was down from wherever the rest of the aliens lived. So that meant if she went up, she might find one of those empty rooms. Paige took the pillows from the floor and piled them in the fireplace. Just in case, she said. And then she began to climb. The chimney was small, so Paige was able to wedge her back against it and push up with her feet. And there was enough crumbling mortar that she could find handholds to hoist herself up. But it was slow going. Just when she thought she'd climbed high enough to reach another floor, she looked down to see that she'd barely made it much higher than her stack of pillows. But she kept climbing, and soon all she could see above and below her was darkness. Her arms started to tremble, both from exhaustion and from fear of tumbling back down, and she began to wonder if she'd sealed her own fate. What if a trumpet alien came back and she wasn't in her room? Would they see the pillows and know where she was? Would they start a fire in her fireplace? What if the castle was 15 stories high and she was in the basement? One slip and those pillows were not going to help her. But Paige climbed on and a minute later, a cold draft from behind her 
told her that she'd found another flue in the chimney, another fireplace. She climbed headfirst into the opening, and before she could stop herself, she slid down the flue into a big pile of ash. Ugh, this just keeps getting better, said Paige as she wiped the ash from the glass of her space helmet. She crawled slowly out into the room. It looked a lot like hers, only it was empty. The guard was telling the truth, and there was a layer of dust on everything. The bookshelf, the bedposts. No one had lived there for a very long time. She parted the drapes and saw that it was dark outside. Nighttime. She tried the doorknob. It squeaked open. And she peered out into an empty hallway. Okay, she said. No turning back now. It's time for Paige to make her great escape. She took off running down the hallway, passing room after room, and came to a crossing. She guessed left and ran down the hallway lined with the paintings of past kings. Ugh, where are all the queens? Paige grumbled. She came to several more hallway crossings and each time guessed which way to go. But she started to get the sinking suspicion that she was lost in the maze. She never came to a staircase or a door that looked as though it opened anywhere except into another room. Finally, she decided to duck into one of those rooms and see if she could perhaps open a window and climb down to freedom. She opened a door at random and... Gotcha! A little furball leaped at Paige, <laughs> knocking into her chest and falling back down again. Paige barely felt it. She looked down at the little ball of brown hair. Ha ha! It yelled again, this time jumping onto the bed and then leaping again straight at Paige, <laughs> ricocheting off her helmet. She could see little arms and little legs sticking out. Paige caught it as it bounced off her helmet. Stop it, okay, said Paige. Why are you attacking me? I told the king if he ever sent one of his lackeys back to my quarters, that would be the last he'd ever see of Nutkin and the lackey. So long, lackey. The little creature tried to wriggle out of Paige's hands, but Paige held tight. Just, just stop for a second, said Paige. I am not the king's lackey. I don't even know what a lackey is. I'm his prisoner, and I'm trying to get out of here. What? You desire freedom as well? The creature relaxed, and Paige put her down. The alien explained to her that she had lived on this planet, and that the king had sent her parents off to look for the amulet. He'd forced them to, just like he'd done with the Marlowe kids, by trapping her here, unless they went on the mission. And I'm sorry for attacking you, said the creature. He did this to his own people, said Paige. Sounds like we should be working together then. So, no more jumping at my face, okay? Sorry about that. My name is Nutkin. I'm Paige. So, Nutkin, have you tried climbing out that window there? Can't. Those windows are barred, and besides, they open into a courtyard. If we dropped down there, we'd be dropping right out into the open, where everyone could see us from anywhere in the castle. Wait a second. How come you don't have any guards outside your door? Said Paige. And why was I able to just open the door and walk in? Hold on, where did you come from? Said Nutkin, just now noticing the ash all over Paige's spacesuit. I climbed up from downstairs. You were in the dungeon? Oh no, you should have stayed down there. Sure, you'd have to deal with those stinky guards, but at least you can get out of there. This whole floor is on lockdown. They don't need guards, because there's no way out. What do you mean, said Paige? 
Watch, said Nutkin. They walked out into the hallway and began turning left and right and left again, and just like before, they seemed to go nowhere. We're in the endless hallway. It's a nightmare. Literally, this is what I have nightmares about. Moving forward, but never getting anywhere. So then what are we supposed to do, said Paige. They stopped in front of one door that looked like every other door. It has something to do with this. It's the only door that's any different. Trust me, I've seen them all, I've been in every room, and I've stared at this one for a thousand nights. But I still don't know what it means. Nutkin pointed to the top of the door, where three words were etched into the wood. Seek Thicket Rim. Seek Thicket Rim, said Paige. Seek Thicket Rim, Seek Thicket Rim, Seek Thicket Rim, Seek Thicket Rim. Uh, that's not going to help, said Nutkin. I think it's a puzzle, or worse, a really bad poem. Okay, I am here with young Griffin Messenger, my editor, and my son. Want to say hi to everybody? <laughs> and uh, that makes me laugh every time. And uh, what did you think of that episode? Negative 10. Negative 10? Mm-hmm. Well, you know what negative 10 times negative 10 is? What? 100. So I'm going to take that as a 100. Perfect score. Wrong. Negative 10. All joking aside, did you like the episode? Mm, good. Good? All right. Thank you so much. All right. We broke through, folks. Okay, so you had a couple questions, though. You want to ask one of your questions about the episode? I wonder if in the next planet, if they're going to find Nutkin's mom and dad. Yeah, I hadn't really thought about where the other people searching the amulet are. So maybe they're going to run into them in future planets. That's a good idea. Okay, spoiler alert. That's actually what's going to happen. <laughs> All right. <laughs> and uh, any other questions? Uh, I, w- I wonder what happened to Voltronics. Yeah, no, we'll find out in the future episode of The Alien Adventures of Finn Caspian. <laughs> uh, well, you know, Voltronics isn't the most reliable robot, so maybe he got into a little bit of trouble on the way to the planet. So I just wanted to say also, give a quick shout out to our listener, Emma, who's eight, and she's from Longview, Texas. She drew a picture for us of a little robot or an alien named Nutkin. And so that's where the name Nutkin came from, was Emma's drawing. So thank you so much for that, Emma. And actually, I looked it up, and it turns out there's a book I didn't even know. A book by Beatrix Potter, The Tale of Squirrel Nutkin. It's published in 1903, over 100 years ago. So that's pretty cool. I didn't even know. Beatrix Potter, of course, is most famous for her books, The Tale of Peter Rabbit. Yeah, I heard that one before. Yeah, so thanks so much for that, Emma. Uh, Should we do some art? Yep. So first up, we got some really cool art. We got five drawings from Hudson, who's eight, in Long Beach, California. Hudson did some really cool drawings of Bebop, uh, Bebop for President poster here. We got a rocket or like kind of a shuttle here. Uh, Really cool astronaut. So thanks so much, Hudson, for those drawings. And we got something from Max from Uxbridge, Massachusetts. Thank you to Max for this really awesome drawing. He's got aliens on there. He's got a really cool rocket. I think that might be the five-headed Bob alien, or maybe that's just a five-eyed alien. Thanks so much for that, Max. That's really cool. And then we got some art from the brother-sister team of Jocelyn and Nate from Hansdale, Pennsylvania. She drew Bebop, Robobogo, Wanatron, 
and also a really cool laser bunny that has Abigail on the back going, come on, bunny, come on, bunny, come on, bunny. And she also drew the Bob creatures. And then Nate drew a really cool drawing of Bebop for us, holding a bunch of art in his hands, I think. And then a really cool drawing of the Bob, the five-headed Bobs to say, I, Bob, will, Bob, get, Bob, you, Bob. And, there, and there's also a Ninja Turtles sticker right there. Yeah, a little Ninja Turtle action on there. That's pretty cool. Ben, who's five from Cape Elizabeth, Maine, he drew us a really cool picture of Pandolf using the King of Diamonds to try to break open the shield from some show called Bebop Tales. I don't know what that is. It's Bebop's show. I know. I'm just saying that because Bebop called me Fluffy Butt earlier. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, don't laugh that hard. (laughs) All right, and then Ella. Ella drew a really cool drawing of... Abigail riding one of those big creatures up Cannonball Mountain. So thank you so much, Ella. That is a really awesome drawing. Ella is five years old from Oshawa, Ontario. Sorry, I forgot to say that. And then Brogan, who is seven years old from Chicago, Illinois. He drew us a really cool, it's kind of a recap of season two. We got Bebop in there. We got the Cannonball Mountain. We got the moon creatures. And we got a little stage direction where it has a drawing of Voltronics Zoo, but then it says low voice to make sure that we're using Voltronics' voice. So thanks so much for all of that art. Thanks to Brogan and everybody for all of that art. Okay, so up next we have some jokes. Are you ready for some jokes? You bet I am. <laughs> all right. We got two brothers from Redwood Shores, California, and they're going to tell you their jokes right now. The first is from five-year-old Sebastian. What is a robot's favorite meal? Nuts and bolts. All right. Thank you, Sebastian. And then his brother, Valentino, who is seven years old, sent us this joke. What do you call an alien in a computer? What do you call? Someone from Prodigy. (laughs) (laughs) All right. That's an old school computer joke. I appreciate that one, Valentino. Okay. And then we got this call from Kyle D. from California. Hi, I'm Kyle D. from Southern California. I'm eight years old, and here's my joke. What do aliens drink for energy? I don't know. Rocket Star Energy Drink. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Yeah, there's a there's an energy drink called Rockstar. So instead of Rockstar, it's Rocket Star. Thank you to that, to Kyle. And thank you to whoever the special helper was on that joke as well. I have a feeling that it might have been Kyle's sibling. Now we have a joke from a boy named Finley who sent this to us. Hi, my name is Finley Connors, and I have a joke, and I am from Mount Pleasant, South Carolina. Where where do polar bears live in space? Where? The polar ice cap of Mars. (laughs) (laughs) That's pretty good. That's a big scientific discovery that Finley just made on our show, that there are polar bears on Mars. (laughs) (laughs) All right, and then finally... Last joke is from Maurer from San Diego, and here is Maurer's joke. What do you call a bird in space? A millennium falcon. <laughs> <laughs> Great. Thank you so much for that, Maurer. Thank you to all of you for your jokes. Really appreciate it. I think that's it for today. We're done recording, so that means we're going to read tonight. What are we reading tonight, Griff? Hello, the Great Big Boom! That's right. Hilo, The Great Big Boom, the third book by Judd Winnick in the Hilo series. We're big fans over here. Yeah, we got the third one from the library, which is a great place to get books. Yep. And in case you want to check out, it's at the Mayfair branch. That's right. We got it from the Mayfair branch in the public library. Yeah, my mom works there, so that's how we got it. That's right. <laughs> All right. Well, I think that's it. All right. You want to say goodbye? Bye-bye.
Bye, everyone. <laughs>